0: Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to The Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to The Midnight Frightcast, episode number... 56. I am one of your hosts, Josh. Uh, Phoning it in tonight are a couple of us. Uh, We got Greg the movie guy. What is up, film people? And the Scream Queen herself, Maddie. Hello. And sitting across the table from me, uh, laughing at me right now, uh, (laughs) is Jesse. Hello. And to my right (laughs) is... uh, The doctor of everything else, Patrick. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm Josh. Did I say my fucking name? I don't know. I think I just got right into it. I was like, I forgot my whole intro. Well, it's kind of an odd intro
2: because, yes, we did have to start over. Yeah. You know, technical
1: difficulties. You got to love that shit. Really bums me out because I can only do it right once. Um, Anyway, we've got a super packed podcast tonight. Um, We're doubling up the trailers, so we're just going to kick it off. Uh, We're talking about uh, the first trailer we're going to talk about is Alexander Aha's Crawl. Maddie or Greg? Hmm, which one of you guys would like to start it off? Hey, I can jump in first. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Let me guess. Excited? So I am. Uh,
3: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually super excited to talk about this one. This was a really, su- uh, really exciting trailer that we watched. I, I love that that it's a mix of a, a disaster film complete with a creature feature, and I feel like the intensity of the film is just. It's basically like best luck to the characters you're probably not going to make it out but let's see what happens as we go so if the movie matches the intensity and the the excitement of the trailer i'm i'm definitely excited to check this one out
1: hey maddie you want to fire off what you think
4: yeah um i think as i said i think this is like a cool twist on your normal creature feature to put that kind of uh, natural disaster vibe in there and i really like um alexander Aha. i don't know if i'd I'm not going to run it to the theater to watch this. But, you know, when it pops up on sci-fi in like 18 months, I'll, yeah, I'll sit down and watch
1: it. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going – that's not that bad. It's not sci-fi material. I don't know. I, it could they be. They sometimes show good I movies. think it could be. Oh, man. It could be. Jesse,
0: go. I'm very mixed on this. I think the, the trailer was kind of disappointing in that I've only ever seen one disaster movie that I enjoyed – uh-huh. Like even like in a like a guilty pleasure way, and that's the day after tomorrow, okay, um, I oh, generally boy. hate that genre. it seemed to me like that aspect of it is gonna really bog it down, but if they had it like an isolated incident with the house and only had the the hurricane as a backdrop, you'd have something maybe along the lines of the shallows which which kind of worked for me okay yeah i I'm not yeah, I'm not that into the trailer, but I did see Alexander aha who. You know There were some good things about Piranha, so if he can capture the good things about it and not yeah. all the bads, then it can be good. And then Sam Raimi's got his hands on it, and yep. he seems to be really good at making generic horror but with a very visible style to it. So if all the working parts you know, are effective, I think it can be good, but it seems really risky to me. It seems like it could be a huge piece of shit. Cool.
2: Patrick? I, too, am mixed on this. Mainly because as I was watching the trailer, some of the things seemed so polished that I didn't know if it was overuse of CGI or if it was done in a sound studio, that type of thing.
1: I'm getting CGI vibes. I th- yeah. I think it had to be like in a, some sort of controlled environment on a stage. Yeah. In studio. Yeah.
2: Shot. In order to get, because I'm sure they're using practical water effects yeah. for a lot yeah, of this yeah, stuff. they yeah. like But like when they, like the exterior shots to me seemed extremely hyper realistic. So yeah. it didn't look real to me. It looked like Geostorm. Yeah. yeah. So those are the kind of things that pull me away from mm-hmm. a movie when I'm watching it. If it just looks too hyper realistic. The concept of the film, though, kind of intrigues me. So I think it's going to be one of those things that I'm not going to chase, but I'll probably for sure check it when it's streaming or out on Redbox.
1: Cool. Like you said already, you know, Alexander Aha, I think he's got a pretty good track record. Jesse brought up Piranha. I was a fan of that. I was a fan of his remake of The Hills Have Eyes. I'm a fan of Sam Raimi and all the uh, horror stuff that he touches. I like the idea. I like the concept. I think it's simple but effective. I might be the most excited about this movie. Um, I will run as fast as I can to a theater and uh, and check out Crawl.
0: I didn't so. get this in, but there was some definite purposeful homages to Jaws. And yeah. um, I think if they really play up that angle of, you know, you don't know where it's at in the water and really let that build, there can be some really cool stuff there. I like the Jaws
1: references. Cool. So the second trailer we're going to touch on real quick. And this one dropped... Last week, Thursday. Last Thursday, I believe. A little uh, movie called It Chapter Two. Pretty excited about this one, too. I'll let anybody start. Go.
2: Stephen King, It Chapter Two. I'm there regardless. This trailer, it didn't matter what they did with this trailer because I would still be there for it. However, watching the trailer itself fucking creepy as hell I thought they did a great job of mirroring what they did in chapter one with the jaggedy walk of Pennywise as another character mm-hmm. I like the bouncing back and forth uh, between the times I think it was a solid trailer even though it was more of an extended cut type trailer mm-hmm. to me looking at this if I knew nothing about the movie itself it would make me want to be there regardless yeah Cool, Jesse.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really gravitate towards trailers like that. It's it's starting to be used more. I think people are hearing a lot of complaints about you're giving too much away. So trailers are starting to go in that direction of they're just gonna show you a little two and a half minute section mm-hmm. so you get the idea, you get the tone, but they're not you know, they're not giving away anything. So the trailer worked for me in, in that sense, the way they chose to do it. As far as the actual movie itself, I'm excited prior to the trailer. Um I was more excited after seeing the trailer though. So it did its job.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. Maddie.
4: Um, I'm actually one of those people that thought the trailer was kind of weird because I thought it was weird that they did show such a huge, you know, whatever of the movie. I didn't love it. Chapter one, but I'm definitely willing to see the second one when it comes out. I also just want to point out that I have no sympathy whatsoever for anyone who goes into a stranger's house and then gets, like, eaten or whatever. Like, in that whole extended <laughs> clip, I was just like, bitch, why did you go in a stranger's house? That's not—I okay. guess, you know what, if people did that, like, 90% of horror movies wouldn't exist. But still, just point it out.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, Greg? So I, I'm going to kind of ride the fence on this one because I, I half love and half not really so much this trailer. The half that I loved was the snippet that we got, because I feel like if it sets the tone of what this movie is going to be, it's going to be freaking awesome. So to jump to the other side of the whole montage trailer sequence is kind of where it lost me a little bit, only because it did feel like it gave away quite a bit. But I really enjoyed seeing, like uh, Patrick said, the the jump between uh, the younger cast and who they've grown up to be. Side note, this cast is freaking awesome. Yep. Uh, really excited to see all of them portray these kids and how they grow up to be. I'm biting my tongue a little bit because I am going to go see this and I am excited to see it, but I'm not going to be basing it strictly on the second half of the trailer, the montage portion, but purposefully based on the the small scene sequence that we got because that was just... That was creepy as hell. Absolutely love that part of it.
1: Yeah. There was a good mix of people who either really loved or really hated that, uh, first part of that trailer. Cause it did go on for a long time kind of, but I thought it was a good, a uh, little taste of what you were going to get in that movie. I think that's the movie that we're seeing as a group. Uh, we saw it last year as a group, so, uh, that'll be a fun podcast. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. That was two for, years ago, Josh, was that two years ago? Yeah, oh, it
3: was whatever, two years ago. Yeah.
1: Enough. I, Forget time. Okay. Anyway, uh, we did it as a group. So, I'm excited for It Chapter 2. I dug It Chapter 1. Even though uh, Bo Skarsgård was a weird Pennywise, um, I'm kind of hoping he's a little darker in this one, uh, which I'm sure he will be. There's some stuff that I know they cut out of the original miniseries that's going to be dropped back into this one. So, I'm excited to see... How dark they're willing to go. I came
0: down pretty hard on the first one when I saw it. There was a lot of things I liked about it, but I was super harsh about like, how they captured the tone. Yeah. I rewatched it like a month ago, and uh, I enjoyed it much more, and that was my second time seeing it. So.
1: <clears throat> there are just a couple choices that uh, Bill Skarsgård made that I was like, I, don't, I do not get this, I guess, choice, that he's, what he's doing right now. I just didn't like it, but we'll see. Like I said, we'll see how much darker they're willing to go for it chapter two so uh, any other thoughts on the trailers cool hopefully we'll maybe drop those both on the uh, midnight frights or the midnight frights facebook page so everybody can go and check those out if you have not uh we are gonna kick in to the news of the night i will wait for greg and patrick to get their music over with what are so- we doing are you news, news, yeah. Greg, are we doing news? <laughs> it's the news. So they used to do. God, lo- it's
4: even worse in your headphones. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, yeah. Um, they used to do this thing. Like Patrick did, like a actually a music snippet, and he cut that. I'd love to hear you go back to that. Yeah, that sounded um, too professional for us. I know. Uh, who's got news? Who wants to kick off news? Maddie, you got news? Yeah,
4: I got some news. Go for it. The alt press says that after that stupid Momo challenge, they're actually starting to make a horror movie about it. Which I thought that whole thing was a marketing for a horror movie anyway. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm sure it's going to be garbage, but, you know, it's coming. It's happening.
3: I feel like it's going to be a, uh, a very similar situation to Lights Out.
0: Yeah. I, I can see that happening. Has any of you seen Smiley? There's this horror film called Smiley that I actually, for some reason, I enjoy it quite a bit. This is almost the exact same scenario as Smiley. So, I don't know. I think it's probably not going to be good, though.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: Was that it, Maddie? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Cool. Uh, Patrick? Yes. uh, From many different sources, uh, It Chapter 2, and you mentioned this uh, just a few minutes ago here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It Chapter 2 will include a scene that was originally cut from the miniseries. And it will show uh, Pennywise's evil influence on modern day dairy. Chapter two will include a scene that shows three teenagers committing a hate crime against a gay man where they beat him, push him off a bridge and leave him for dead.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah. I guess I didn't read the article. I thought I was going to that. I talked about the scene that I thought we were going to talk about. Oh, right. Uh, Yeah. um, That was definitely in there. And I know Bill Skarsgård said they filmed it or were going to film it and then they cut it out.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to find more information on the baby eating thing as yeah. well because I don't remember that from the book at all. OK. And uh, I, I really don't think it's in the book. And that may have been something that they added to show kind of like an origin story origin possibly thing. Yeah, for yeah. Pennywise. So. Yeah. So that's what I've got. Uh, I have another one, but I'll wait.
0: I can already see the lines people will draw between the baby eating and a lot of the shit going on right now politically. Yeah. That sounds like a mess.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, real quick. Hey, hide your original content because the remakes and the reboots are coming. Chris Rock has decided (laughs) that he wants to bring back the Saul franchise. Not another sequel, but start the whole fucking thing over again. He apparently is a huge fan of that franchise, and he thinks that they should start over and do it again. Uh, Darren Bossman's coming back to uh, direct that film as well. Also coming back is The Return of Wrong Turn. Again, it was a franchise that the creator was going to do another sequel and decided that he didn't do the Hillbilly family correct the first time. So instead of doing another sequel, he wants to redo the Hillbilly family the way he originally wanted to do it. So Wrong Turn and the Saw franchises are both coming back to a theater near you.
3: Apparently yep. Chris Rock isn't a big enough fan because he should just leave the franchise alone. Correct.
1: correct.
4: I know. Speaking of abortions, <laughs> those two are going on the fucking tube. <laughs> God damn
1: it. I think you just found your clip. I I think so. Um, uh,
2: Speaking of abortions, do you have another news, Patrick? I do. I do. From uh, Deadline.com, the Stranger Things plagiarism lawsuit was dropped just days before it actually went to trial. The plaintiff, Charles Kessler, has withdrawn his wide-ranging damages suit against the Duffer brothers in a statement that he said, after hearing the deposition testimony this week, Of the legal expert I hired, it is now apparent to me that, whatever I may have believed in the past, my work had nothing to do with the creation of Stranger Things. Yeah.
4: How do you even file a lawsuit like that anymore with all the remakes and reimaginings and everything's based off something else? I don't even know. Unless, (laughs) like, literally someone, like, stole into your, like, room at night and, like, took your script and ran off with it. Like, I don't even understand how that's a thing he
1: he said that he was the third person in the room when they came up with the idea of stranger things and that he a lot of the content that he came up with they ran off with and put in the show why did yeah. he yeah. not
0: end up as like the third person right. as it i going. think they
1: had creative differences so they split off from him but still took some of his ideas yeah, I yeah mean, but, I'm sure. but he said you know sure after
2: after the testi- deposition testimony from the legal expert i hired it's now apparent to me that whatever i may have believed my work had nothing to do with the creation of stranger yeah, things that so, just seems to me it sounds like you know why uh, okay he's absolutely sure that it's plagiarized and then oh somebody read me my ideas oh shit they don't sound like that at all it's like what what kind it of,
0: sounds like to me and i, I don 't generally do any conspiracy things, I think i don 't think the guys who do stranger things, the duffer Brothers are worried about him having you know some of his ideas in. I think they would admit to that you know he has an influence, obviously yeah. but I think because we 're so close to the new season mm-hmm. coming out, it just inherently it sounds bad that they're yeah. being you know it 's being assumed that the ideas aren 't original so i it seems to me the way his quote is it seems so definitively opposite of how he felt. It seems to me like they're like, dude, let's just write you a check and that's then drop. That's what I, that's this. I was yeah. just thinking. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, they were wise, like, yeah. they were like, dude, we'll write you a check and just drop this. We, you know, we get you upset, but this affects the new season. So, yeah. like, I guarantee they paid him to say that because that sounds like something nobody would say unless they were paid. Yeah
1: was that season going to be held up with the, in the in court?
0: No, no, but this I mean this is just now hitting, you know, the waves and you yeah. know people who like it are going to read that shit and be like, well, you know, it doesn't necessarily lend credibility to their future work or even season 3. Yeah. It just casts a, a negative light over what everybody pretty much unanimously loves. So, yeah. it's easier even if, you know, it doesn't really matter how much of his ideas were there. They were probably just like, we just don't want this to be a thing because, you know, season three is coming out soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Is that everybody's news? I have some news. Oh, Jesse, please jump in.
0: I guess. I don't know if I can consider it news. Robert Pattinson is apparently going to be the new Batman. And then I've heard that they've come out and said that there has been no official hiring yet, but Mm -hmm. yet he's still one of the front runners. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if they're in the middle of doing the contract or if they just backtracked because response was so negative. Yeah. I was actually pretty stoked about it. So, really? Yeah, I was. I I think a lot of people are just going off of the Twilight series. Which I've never seen. But Robert Pattinson has given some really good performances and some things. And yeah. um, I think my issue with him is that he'd be a really – I think he could do Bruce Wayne really well. Yeah. But as Batman, I might have a hard time because – he'll really have to bulk up. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously doing some sort of timeline thing cuz he looks a little younger. Yeah. They're not going to play him as 45 like they did Affleck. But yeah, it, they've said all along that they're planning on making it like more of a crime investigation thing and you mm-hmm. focus on Batman as a as an investigator cuz in the comics he he like solves crimes. Yeah. Um so they've said all along that's the the realm they were heading. There's not going to be as much, you know, big action set pieces, so <laughs> Yeah. The Batman voice, which is iconic, I think I you know, he has to really nail it, but as Bruce yeah. Wayne, I was actually pretty excited when they announced it.
1: Yeah, I mean hopefully they have a good uh nice big glitter budget. Yeah. So um but yeah. We'll see yeah. we'll
0: see what happens. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh that's news. Uh I guess Patrick and Greg will <laughs> <there> it is. <laughs> that was the news. Cool. Um, so we're gonna go <laughs> right into uh, what we've been watching. Um, I have a fucking list, so does anybody want to start?
2: I'll go ahead and start. Cool. Uh, mine's really quick, simple. I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, series finale tonight of uh, Game of Thrones. I'm all Woo! caught up on that. It is. I, I don't care people were dishing on it this past week about last week's uh, episode. I thought it was a great episode. <laughs> that. And, uh, you know, what did you expect her to do? I'm not going to give spoilers. Please don't. And then I finally had the opportunity to see Avengers Endgame, and I thought it was okay. Interesting. I had said this before to somebody else that maybe my expectations were a little too high, but it just, it it was not the ending I was expecting or anything like that. So just a personal opinion.
1: Cool. Next. Uh, yeah, Jesse, you got something you've been watching?
0: Yeah, I totally forgot that this is one of the things, but I, too, also watch Game of Thrones um, a lot, and I am excited. I also discovered this movie. It's the guy who did It Follows, the director, called... Uh, the Lighthouse? No, no, no. Nope. That's not the same guy. The guy who did It Follows, this is only a second thing.
1: Oh, The Lighthouse is the guy that did
0: um, it. Under the Silver Lake, oh, okay. starring Andrew Garfield. This movie is like, oh, I fucking loved it. It's it's been having all these production issues. They released it at a weird time last year. It did some festivals and then they they decided they'd push it out this year and then right before it was supposed to come out in April, they're like, "No, we're just going to put it on VOD and they're not doing a release like at all," which I was concerned about, but I was I was still fascinated with the, you know, the concept and I watched it a few weeks ago and I've now watched it two other times. I just, oh, I can't get enough of that movie. That's on Prime, right? The- I just watched it on a website.
1: Gotcha. Cool. It is on Prime though. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. Oh, cool. Uh, Maddie.
4: All I've really been watching is Game of Thrones and the hilarious video that I just sent you guys in the group chat. I don't know why, but I've watched it like 19 times this last week. But yeah, I've just been watching Game of Thrones last week. was training week for me. So I was very tired and my brain is mush. <laughs>
3: cool, Greg. Um, so, again, I've been watching uh, Game of Thrones as well. I'm super excited for the season finale, excuse me, series finale this evening. One thing I do want to talk about, though, is I uh, I started watching a brand new series that dropped on Netflix called Dead to Me, starring uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Uh, fantastic dark comedy, and this is about as dark a comedy as they get. I've been really pleased with how everything's been transpiring. There's jaw-dropping moments and surprises and Uh, different things popping up. It's just It's been a really good series, so I definitely recommend that to anybody that uh, is looking for a good uh, series to check out.
1: Cool, yeah, I will bang through my list uh, really fast, but uh, real quick through my list, uh, on Prime I watched a movie from 2017 called Downrange. Uh, That was on Patrick's list from a couple years ago, so check that out. Uh, Super good. Uh, Really dug it. Uh, Really easy, simple concept. A ton of fun. I, I definitely check that out if you haven't. On Netflix I watched a movie called The Highwaymen uh, it's got Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson uh, hunting down Bonnie and Clyde um, was super good also on Netflix I watched uh, Death House uh, that is the expendables of uh, horror uh, Skip It, Prime I watched a movie called The Ranger uh, which I was super excited about uh, it was a really good idea, really bad execution uh, Skip It on Hulu I watched a movie called Down uh, which was really good uh, go hunt that one down and watch it uh, that was a ton of fun And then a movie that we did a trailer on a while back is on Hulu called The Toy Box. Oddly enough, I was kind of really interested and kind of excited about it. Ended up being uh, really, really crappy. It was terrible. So I'd skip that one, too. It's got Denise Richards and Misha Barton in it. For some reason, I thought it would be better than it was. uh, But those two can't act Uh, their way out of a toy box. So um, I'd skip that one, too. That's what I've been watching. Three weeks since we've cast, so I've just watched a, a dumb amount of shit. Probably not as much as I should have. So apparently, I should just—I should have been watching Game of Thrones. Um, so yeah, um, our topic tonight was confusing to me. I'm gonna throw it out, and then I'm gonna let Greg start because apparently, Greg was just looking to start a fight. So uh, our topic tonight, uh, from what I gathered, is uh, called "Is it Horror?" And with that said, I'm going to pass it on to Greg.
3: So this stems from a, uh, an earlier topic that I actually came across, Josh. Not really, okay, let me back up. It didn't come up from a topic, but an argument that you and I had after we had both seen the movie Shape of Water and what determines a movie to become a horror movie. Uh, just a, a little insight to that argument. You felt that there was a lot of horror, or a lot more horror in The Shape of Water than I did while I felt that there was a lot more horrific aspects to it but it was still more of a fantasy horror drama mm-hmm. type film. And so I, I really kind of wanted just to hash out what really makes a horror movie a horror movie. Because in, in this world right now, we're seeing a lot of remakes, reboots, different subgenres, and a lot of genre clashing almost. And it's, it's really getting kind of difficult to read the uh, the clarity of the lines of what genre you're really watching. And so, just kind of wanted to see what uh, what people thought of that, and if there's any arguments or throwdowns that happen to happen, then ding ding,
1: cool. Well, I mean, Jesse, you're you're a genre fan. You like the horror genre, yes. Uh, do you have a, uh, I guess, a feeling on this topic? I guess.
0: I don't have a particular feeling. I think there are those who kind of go by, you know, the studios, the producers, you know, when they release something, they kind of determine via marketing what it is. And you can, you know, you can Google a movie and there. You know, it says what genre it is. And that's kind of, you know, yeah. you go by that. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's easy. You don't have to think too hard. I'm definitely not one of those people. And then there's the, you know, the opposite in which I tend to lean towards, but is also flawed where, you know, genre is definitely in the eye of the viewer, And it's determined by your own personal experience Mm -hmm. with film and with life. Some things are horrific for you because of your personal experience. And so you might see something that's a more of a psychological thriller as more on the horror side. And some people who are not really into that kind of thing don't, you know, they feel, you know, more confident and stable or I don't know. They might see it as, you know, this is just a, like a drama film. Yeah. So, yeah, I think generally speaking, it's up to the viewer to determine, and, and you can't tell someone they're wrong about what a genre mm-hmm. is, or or that they're right. Um, yeah. But that's a little bit flawed too, because you know, all of a sudden, you know, Adam Sandler movies are horror movies because you know they're so bad. You know, there's a line there. Yeah, and I don't necessarily feel that way, but there's you know that's also flawed because then people just slap labels on things that like how did you get there? So yeah, yeah for sure. this is really complicated.
2: Yeah, uh, Patrick. I totally agree with uh, Jesse on that, that it's extremely complicated because it is so subjective to what, what makes someone feel uncomfortable could be horror to them. Thriller could be horror anything like that it's 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 what makes you feel uncomfortable because i i I don't think that jaws would have been labeled as horror when Mm -hmm. jaws first came out
1: action adventure
2: action adventure or thriller anything like that but today it definitely to me lives within that horror genre because it scared the shit out of so many people Mm -hmm. so i guess to me what is horror is whatever you feel makes you uncomfortable to the point where you don't want to go into the water where you don't sleep with the doors closed, Mm -hmm. things like that, you know? So I I guess it's completely up to the viewer.
1: Yeah. Uh, Maddie?
4: I'm going to go ahead and say that everyone who thinks Cam is a horror movie is wrong, but that's all I'm going to say on that that one. Um, There's a phrase that was used in the Supreme Court by um, Justice Potter Stewart to describe obscenity, and he says, I know it when I see it. And I kind of... That's kind of my view on horror, but on the other hand I also think horror has that little something that sh- isn't shown to a general audience. I think that's kind of what separates horror from a thriller. I think thriller just or I think horror just goes that little extra step that just and it just doesn't have something that you <laughs> would necessarily see in like an action or a drama or something like that. So to me, as I said, to me, horror is a movie that has that extra step in it. Like, I don't know. You wouldn't see anything that was in a Serbian film in any other horror genre. Thank God. Or any other genre. Thank God. As I said, I've been up since 3.30. I really don't have any coherent thoughts on this. But yeah, that's just kind of... I, I think horror can be kind of subjective. Although, yeah, I will judge somebody real hard if they say something like cam or the witch is a horror movie you can yeah
0: you're definitely within your right to i judge people too on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but you th- you don't get to determine whether that's right or wrong you can definitely judge it though
4: i guess i i guess i judge the person more than like that movie like if you were like oh my god cam is so scary i'm gonna be like you're a bitch okay <laughs> move on
0: <laughs> i don't know that movie so i can't say
2: anything and you can I, you can it, avoid but- it you can avoid it don't look it at yeah up. it's fine It's it's a horrible movie
3: yeah, it's hot garbage. Maddie, Maddie, I think you you brought up a, a really solid example and one that I was trying to remember, and thank you for reminding me, was the movie The Witch and how it came up on so many people's top mm-hmm. horror movies of all time. And I trust and all that. of them. Exactly, exactly. It is not a <laughs> horror movie. It's It's based on some pretty frightening things, but it is not a horror movie in the least bit, and it's not really even a good movie in the least bit, I think
0: actually an interesting thing as well what it's what it's based on all horror especially early in horror was based on like the gothic genre which is inherently you know i mean horror started with you know cavemen they would get scared of their shadows and there's a lot of there's a lot of theology behind early horror and even now so if something's not scary or doesn't have perceived scary things in it but it's based on something that was if it's based on a horror concept it, but the capitalization isn't there. It's. I think mm-hmm. it would still be horror, even if it doesn't scare you. Yeah, now I'm pissed. The
4: witch was okay, so- based on gargling someone's balls. That's what that movie's based on.
1: <laughs> now I'm pissed at Greg because he's make, he's going to make me fucking defend the witch, and I hated that movie. But
4: why? No, do no. You don't have to
3: defend that movie. No, 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 please no, no. Please no, no but wait, that movie. But
1: not. But calling it not horror is again horror, as we've all kind of gathered and said, overall consensus wise, is a feeling. So something that might not have been horror to you, or to me, or anybody, may have been horror to somebody else. Cam may not have been scary, but it, like Jesse brought up earlier, there's something that might have been, uh, or somebody that might have had that experience, or anything like that, and that's scary to them. It's it's, it's an overall, horror's an overall feeling. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody out there thought, hey, that movie was scary to me, or I can just uh, the, the experience in that movie scared me, then you can't tell them they're wrong. And like I said, I was, I hated the witch, but there's atmosphere in that movie that scared somebody. Um, and there's a reason it ended up number one on a ton of people's list, not my list, but a ton of people's list um, is because it scared somebody. But my stance has been for a long time. And I feel I've been pretty consistent on saying the same thing. Uh, every time this comes up is it's a feeling. And it's mm-hmm. how some how it makes somebody feel. Um, that's horror to me. So I mean, there's my wife's a perfect example that I will show her something that will scare the crap out of her, but not myself personally. I don't think it's scary. Um, she's the perfect person to watch a horror film with because I end up watching her reactions more than I end up watching the movie. <laughs> and so that's and that shows me that that to somebody that's a horror film. I don't think we've ever uh, butted heads, Greg, on on. A, whether a movie is, like, a horror movie or not. No, and and I
3: think it maybe Bunny Heads was the wrong term, but I know you and I have discussed, especially with the, the Shape of Water, what really entails or what really makes a horror movie a horror movie. And, yeah, definitely the feelings, but, you know, you take a movie like The Shape of Water where you could consider it a creature feature to some respects. It is a creature but, feature it is a creature. No, I will give you that. It is a creature feature for sure. But, you know, I never felt scared at one moment at all in that movie. So to me, that doesn't feel like a horror movie. I feel like that argument is
0: flawed about like I wasn't scared. Horror comedy. We use horror in horror comedy and 90% of horror comedies Mm -hmm. are not scary in the slightest. Right. Yet you see the things that are common in horror. They're making light of them. You still don't just refer to it as a comedy. There's horror in Mm -hmm. it even though it does not frighten you.
2: Well, Maybe I'd like to coin a phrase here uh, unless somebody out there has already done it but softcore horror.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. softcore yeah. horror. I'm sure that that's Would you consider that like a right? yeah, thriller yeah. then?
4: I think thriller lives more in the drama. That for me anyway. I always feel like thrillers have more of like that drama. Act. Like Take hereditary I consider that more of a th- like family drama movie. What the no, fuck? No, no. <laughs>
2: What? No, she's she's entitled to her opinion. No, oh, yeah, of course, of course.
0: 100%. But I, whoa, that's like to me, that's an extreme horror yeah. film. Like that's very horrific.
1: You don't know what Maddie oh. watches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've
0: I've been filled in, and I feel like out of everyone else here, I am into that darker shit probably more than any of you besides Maddie. And I still find that movie to be that made me more uncomfortable than any movie has in years ever. That movie fucked with me real bad.
1: Um, And and as far as, like, thriller stuff, too, though, like, if you go back and look at The Strangers, like, I wouldn't call The Strangers a drama. I'd call The Strangers more of a horror film than uh, drama, but I would still say it lives in that thriller spot, uh, along with all those, like, uh, Home Invasion kind of movies. I never really considered those horror. Home Invasion scares the shit out of
2: me, though, so for me, that's a horror.
1: Yeah, but it's a subgenre as well. uh, of uh, you know thrillers, more of a subgenre of horror than anything. Yeah, you are going to yeah. find if you go way. into a movie store, they don't exist anymore, kids. Um, but if you go into those, <laughs> a movie store, those live in the same aisle. They're, I don't really they never really separated them.
4: Yeah, I I guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there should be like two types of thrillers because there's definitely like drama thrillers mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. then like more like horror thrillers. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. Because for me, like thrillers, when you meant, when whenever anybody mentions thrillers, that's more like uh, *Usual Suspects*, *Rear Window*, that okay. type of
0: thing. Where phone booth. Phone Booth is a oh, fucking. I love girl. Phone Booth. That's yeah. an amazing movie, and that's a that's a drama so thriller, a drama. There's no horror there. There's mm-hmm. a drama thriller, mm-hmm. but then you have Gone Girl. This is definitely a psychological thriller mm-hmm. that could really easily be right down the middle. <laughs> Some people might see the horror.
2: So yeah. you know, and you Jordan could, Peele too. Yeah, he, you could say that thriller then is something that crosses over. You can have a. Th- thriller horror and a horror thriller type thing yeah so it kind one's of just,
0: the one's the leading vibe yeah rather, yeah so what, are, thriller what are those, with some horror what are those elements? circle
2: charts
1: that when, oh one thing, venn diagram yeah venn diagrams <laughs> that,
2: yeah uh, definitely overlap in genres but
1: horror is the only genre that's got so many branches coming off of it
2: and look at all the things that in a horror movie you could still have romance you could still have comedy you could still have all this other stuff it's it, so i it's definitely going to overlap in a lot of places. And the creature
0: feature thing has changed a lot too. That used to be the, like the predominant thing in the thirties, forties, fifties. Now creatures don't really scare people that much unless they look super scary. Nowadays, you know, if Frankenstein came out, he doesn't look scary. You have no reason to believe he is. So like the shape of water is a creature feature, but creatures aren't necessarily synonymous with horror anymore. Mm
2: -hmm. When, if you look at a movie like Frankenstein that, it's he really doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything, anything at anybody. all besides walk around. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like the only time he really does anything is after, you know, the, the fire and ev- mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So it's yeah, it's not like he was a creature that was out there to destroy people. Yeah. It's
0: so, yeah. It
1: sounds like we all just
0: agree that this is complicated. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it is. It's a complicated <laughs> genre. But it's a good. Here's the thing is we get on this thing every week and every week we watch a movie and every week we go. I don't think it was horror at all. Um, so it was a good thing that the discussion of the topic came up because now next week when we meet, the first person that says is, is that horror will just get squashed. Um, and I just hope it's not me. So what
4: is our next? What is our movie next week? It's Frontiers. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah,
1: um, we'll be in like a couple weeks. We're doing Frontiers. Yeah, uh, next week we're filming. Next week so we're filming. It will be next week, but it'll be two weeks from today. We're doing Frontiers, so which I'm super excited about. Maddie has talked Frontiers up. For a long time, really since she joined the cast, uh, she's talked it up and has been waiting for it to uh, drop somewhere, and it finally did. So uh, I'm actually kind of excited to watch that movie. But if we're, are we done with the topic? Is everybody good and wrapped? Everybody got their good comments out? I, I think the last thing I
2: want to say is when we get into this group and we're talking about a movie and we step forward and say this is not a horror movie – Sometimes we have to remember that we're rather desensitized to a lot of the stuff that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And true. that there's I was
4: just thinking that.
2: Yeah. And that there you know, there's a good majority of the population that they don't see the amount of Movies that we do yeah. or the intensity of the movies that we do.
0: Yes. Actually, that reminds me. You were saying that to you it's it's what makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I would say the vast majority of people don't go to a horror movie to be uncomfortable. They go to get just spooked out very right. temporarily. Yeah. Some people want to go see the shit that's going to like give them the creepy crawlies after and they're going to be, be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, I literally don't care. I just want jump scares, mm-hmm. which, you know, those movies are not scary. For people who watch horror, because we know, oh, that's, yep, jump scare's coming.
1: You can call them. Yeah, Yeah. you can call the
0: jump scare. Yeah, but some people are like, yeah, I don't really want to be thinking about it after. I just want to go and wonder who the killer is, or, you know, Mm. I just want to be on the edge of my seat. So it's not necessarily what makes you uncomfortable. It could just be, you know, what spooks you out a little bit.
3: Well, one of my favorite uh, metaphors, not metaphors, but uh, comparisons is people who like going to horror movies. Are they're very similar to people who like going on roller coasters? They like that initial quick scare. They can get off. They know that they're safe and everything is all good and all that. So I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying there, Jesse.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cool. See, that topic wasn't that big of a headbutting topic. I like that topic. <laughs> We're, We're all, all friends agreed.
3: now. No, it was more just to generate discussion. That's that's the only thing that I like to do when I submit topics. This was one of my topics. Yeah, for sure. I just like to generate discussion and just to get us talking about like some really deep things about the horror genre. For sure. I
4: just like to argue.
0: Or what Yeah, or we, or we, what uh, in the
1: <laughs> Cool. Again, does anybody have the final word? Call it. I'm ready to fucking jump to this feature because I am so excited to hear thoughts. I, I kind of want to be more of a moderator on this because mm-hmm. I've talked about this movie on the podcast a thousand times. Tonight, we are talking Kevin Smith's movie, Tusk. Patrick, throw out the deeds.
2: I will throw out the deets. Uh, Tusk, 2014, it's currently streaming on Netflix. A brash and arrogant podcaster gets more than he bargained for when he travels to Canada to interview a mysterious recluse who has a rather disturbing fondness for walruses. IMDB rating. Ready for this, Josh? I can't wait. Are you ready for I'm these so ratings? so excited. All right, IMDB, 5.3. Yep. Metascore, 55. Yep. Rotten Tomato Critics. 45 cool rotten tomato audience 36
1: fantastic i can't wait to hear all the thoughts on this movie um i'm not even gonna start with maddie because i I might just save that for last but let's start with jesse oh i don't have mine out oh fuck it Uh, let's start with greg (laughs) does anybody have their notes out
2: oh i'm ready to go if anybody else
1: is can't wait greg you want to go i
3: will go go all right, so I had suggested this film just because we give Josh a lot of shit on this movie.
1: A ton of um, shit. I'm a smile ton.
3: Like an unnecessary amount sometimes. Josh, I'm going to step into your corner and I'm going to defend you a little bit on you this. You
1: don't movie. have to. No, I don't want anybody no, no, to no, no, do no, no, that. No no, 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 I love everybody hey, 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 here.
3: I, no, I, I want to jump into your corner because I give you a lot of shit only because it's fun to do. But this movie is entertaining in its own right. What I like about it, and actually the reason I had watched it was because, A, you had recommended it to me so time, so many times that it got annoying. But <laughs> when you told me how the movie was created, that was the the real reason that I wanted to check this movie out. And I don't know if you want to dive in on how that was created really quick.
1: I'm, I'm sure I will really – I mean I can. Uh, Go for it. Go really it. fast. Uh, so mm-hmm. Kevin Smith and his partner, Scott Mosher, do a podcast called uh, Smodcast. Um and episode 259 was called The Walrus and the Carpenter. Really quick, uh, there was a an article in um or on a website called Gumtree.com, and a guy put out a uh call for um basically a roommate. Just said, Hey, you can come and live here rent free, you don't have to pay any bills, food, I'll feed you, everything like that. And all you have to do is for a certain amount of hours a day is put on this walrus suit that I've been constructing, and uh, I will throw fish at you. And uh, you have to make walrus noises. And that's all you have to do to live here for free. And Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier got sent this article, and the whole podcast, they, they break down this article, but they also, you can see the creation of Tusk in this podcast. And you, you can watch them build this movie as they go along uh, through this episode. And that's what I loved. Like, I think the most about this movie is the fact that it came out of something like organic and it came out of a podcast and it came out of two friends just talking around and, and uh, sitting around and, and, and talking chop kind of like what we do. That's like, I think one of the, the biggest things that uh, drew me to this movie was that podcast. So Anyway, at the end of the podcast, uh, they uh, Kevin Smith uh, send, said send out a tweet, uh, either Walrus yes or Walrus no, and he got huge response of Walrus yeses and one Walrus hell no, and uh, the movie was made. So that's kind of the origins of Tusk and uh, where it came from, Greg. And, and I think
3: that's that. Like, well, not I think I know that's the huge the biggest draw of it was because you got to see that creative process and us being filmmakers ourselves. It's, it's fun to watch other people's creative processes and to hear one of the, one of the most highly touted independent filmmakers of all time going through his process on a podcast is just, is absolutely fascinating. And if you get a chance to go and listen to it, definitely do it because that's, it's really cool to see beginning to the, the end of the project creation. And the film is, it's kind of corny. It's a little hokey Justin so Long is not my favorite character, and I kind of want to punch him in the face and he, throughout the entire film. But the the creativity and the, the entertainment factor of it, and the the huge battle royale at the end, makes this movie entertaining to watch. And while I crap on you for how kind of bad this movie is, Josh, at times mm-hmm. it is a fun watch, and I, I don't hate on it as much as I probably should. Excuse me, I don't hate it as much as I let on.
1: But sure. hey, it is an entertaining movie. Cool. Uh, uh, Patrick.
2: Josh, for as much grief as we give you about this <laughs> We, we movie,
1: don't have to start with my name every time. <laughs> no, it we is do. Because, cool.
2: <laughs> because, because it's almost like there's times where you get like almost angry about it. When, no. When we, oh, please. And um, <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, this is an entertaining movie. If you take this seriously, you're going to hate the fuck out of it. hmm You are going to absolutely hate it if you take it seriously. So if you go to watch this – and by the way, we are going to give spoilers because this is 2014. Yeah. When you go to watch this, don't take it seriously, and I guarantee that you will enjoy it. I do enjoy – well, I can't guarantee anything, but (laughs) you're more likely to enjoy it if you don't take it seriously. However, I will say that I felt this movie was about 20 minutes too long – Okay. That I didn't necessarily feel that the character of Guy Le oh, was necessary, even though, yeah. even though, even though he was funny, he was entertaining. It didn't do anything to drive the story forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the girlfriend and 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 icy dead people could have just picked up a gun themselves. They a yeah, <laughs> they could have just picked up a gun and gone and done it themselves uh, and knocked off twenty minutes of this
1: movie. Guy Point was written because Kevin Smith wanted to work with Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino and, and he, then he turned it down. He but it, he didn't know he was being offered the role. Exactly. on Guy Point. Yep. Um, so there's that little. Tidbit. He didn't.
2: Yeah, he thought he was being offered a different part. so yeah. he turned it down. So then he get he offered. He thought it he was to, being
1: offered the part of the Walrus. Yeah. <laughs> so he turned it down. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, Patrick. Sorry.
2: No. So, uh, yeah. So it didn't really need <laughs> Guy Point's character in it. Justin Long has always been an actor that sits on the fence for me mm-hmm. that I either really enjoy what he's done or I don't enjoy what he's done. And this is one of those where I feel that his performance was a little over polished okay. that it would have been interesting to see this without him with somebody else in that mm-hmm. role. Yeah. He, he, has a, he has a very stylized way of acting that he carries from character to character. Most of the time he plays an asshole boyfriend, and that's exactly what he played here. Mm -hmm. So I felt at times that it was too polished in what he was doing. However, I do think he's really, really good at the emotional scenes in this movie. So I wish I could have seen him play the asshole boyfriend without playing the asshole boyfriend that he's played four or five other times previous to this.
1: And it's really great because Justin Long's uh, manager or uh, agency dropped him um, after he did Tusk. They told him not to do it this ridiculous Walrus movie or they would drop him and he was like, fuck you. And he did it anyway. Well, good for him. Um, so kudos to that, I guess. Yeah. Um, has he done anything since? Um, oh, I don't yeah. know. That's, I'm sure he's done plenty. That's a yeah. Good question there. But,
2: uh, yeah, s- that happened. Cinematically, I thought it was shot. Well, um, probably one of the better ones that I've seen. for from sure. Kevin It Smith. moves.
1: Yeah. It moves. It's not a tripod. It's not standstill. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of moving shots mm-hmm. in this movie. And then I just love the fact that Kevin Smith does passion projects mm-hmm. that he's able to say, okay, I'll do a few commercial things, bring in some money. But you know, at the end of the day, this is something I really want to do and fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Yep. And he did this, he did yoga hosers and yep. I hope that
1: he's able to do
2: moose jaws. Moose, moose moose jaws. jaws. Yeah.
1: Just wrapped the reboot for Jane James. Ball. Yep. He's got a list. So. Yeah. I mean, this um, is a guy that does what he wants to do. He had a very burn it down attitude. When he did Red State and Into Tusk, because he had taken so much shit from critics and he um, had taken so much shit the cop from movie? what's that from
0: the cop movie? That just was from real bad, just being just oh, from being Williams? fucking Kevin yeah.
1: Smith. Yeah. That he was like, why do I do this to myself? Like, why do I put this shit out just for uh, you know people to sit behind their fucking uh, notebooks and their their screens and shit on something that they know nothing about. And he was like, "Why do I care?" Like he didn't screen. He didn't screen for critics, and they got really pissed off uh, for him for that. And he's like, "Well, what am I gonna? Why am I gonna put this out? I didn't put this out for you. I put this out for the people, the small group of people that are fans of my stuff. And this is for them, and has nothing to do with with you." Red State and Tusk were not View Askew uh, Productions. He put a whole different name. Mm -hmm. I can't think of it. He did some podcasts. Okay. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't VSQ. Um, and that's the first time he didn't put VSQ on it. He just, uh, he was like, I'm not going to let any of you guys burn down what I've built. I will fucking burn it down myself before I let you guys right. touch it. Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, I think something that, that really hurt him was his choices
2: for his commercial work, which is, you know, like that. I can't remember the Bruce Willis one. He did cop he cop out? Right. Cop A couple out. of dicks. What was it? cop out? His it's three com-
0: commercial projects Jersey Girl. Zack and Mary make a porno, yeah. which is the strongest yeah. of the three, and yeah. then yeah. the cop movie. Yeah. But in general, his three weakest films, I think. Right. Besides, he, Yoga Hosers is a pile of
2: shit. To me, that's another one that if you just take it too seriously, then you're not going to like it. When he, it gets he, to so, me, I'll explain yeah. mine. He did not reason. write
1: Cop Out, and he did not write oh, – well, he did write Jersey Girl. So anyway, um, Maddie. Oh, let's – yeah, can, hang on. Sorry, Maddie. Uh, wait, one more <laughs> turn. Uh, Jesse. Go in to Tusk. Okay, He's- I have quite a bit of things.
0: I want to preface that I really love this movie. Like, objectively, I think it's a well-made movie. I do. The screenplay is one of his stronger screenplays, uh, particularly the Michael Parks stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to get really, I don't know, the writing is so nuanced when how Howard Howe, oh, yeah, Howard is how, yeah. talking about his past. Yep. Like, it just, it seemed, it seemed almost... I don't know, it just it didn't seem like Kevin Smith's normal writing. Yeah, there were yeah, some yeah. bits... Diatribe, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought <laughs> the writing was really good. The odd thing, since he does a podcast, I think he was maybe just having trouble emulating what his podcast is, but the stuff with Haley Joel Osment and him, when they're doing their podcast, felt contrived to me. And I thought that was odd, considering his, his background doing a podcast and that it's based on a podcast. They didn't yeah, yeah. appear to have very much chemistry. They didn't do enough with the podcast to where we really... You know it it was obviously inspired by the fact that they do a podcast, and yeah, it yeah. seemed like they would have done that part better, yeah, I wrote Michael Parks kills it especially yep. oh, when, definitely yeah
2: yeah, yeah, especially
0: yeah. when he's confined to the chair. I mean it kind of gets once once that reveal is there and then and then once we once he's in the walrus suit, which is there's still forty minutes left i I lose steam on that because he's walking around, and the maniacal part of him being in the wheelchair and playing this mind game is kind of gone, yeah. But yeah, especially the parts in the wheelchair, you were saying it goes. it For how slow it is at the beginning, it doesn't feel slow. It has a really strong sense of pacing throughout. I'm never like, I know something creepy's happening. Hurry up. I, yeah. I want to sit there and f- live in that space and, and watch Howard Howe like, tell the story. I I know that he drugged him. You could tell mm-hmm. he's getting sleepy. Yep. I'm not worried about that going faster, which no- ordinarily I would be. There was some cool creative visual choices in there like the flashback sequences it was like it was on an old old film. I thought that mm-hmm. was a cool little thing to do. Yeah, it feels fresh even though there are really a lot of long sequences of dialogue. The score is actually really underrated. The score is really good. There's a particular part where the girlfriend is talking right at the camera, which we find out she's talking to Haley Joel Osment, but there's yeah. a score behind her when she's telling the story about how bad he treats her and how she's kind of processing her own guilt. Yeah. Yeah, the score behind that particular part was great, but in general, um, I never realized until when I watched it this morning for the the fifth time that the score was so good. The stuff with Johnny Depp, the investigation plotline is what I call it, is like the major weakness here. I am also on the fence about Justin Long. I think this is one of his better performances in general. There are some things that aren't great about it, but I think this is one of his most consistent. He hits the emotional beats. He does play that douche so well, too. So I think he's good in it. I really, really loved – and I don't know how I didn't think about it. Like it was there surface-wise. They weren't trying to hide it. But the the first thing he loses is that leg. It's the exact same leg that yep. the boy cuts off when he mm-hmm. – uh, The Kill Bill kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. Michael Parks is sitting there trying to be serious. But like you can tell him starting to laugh. He's he has having trouble taking it seriously, and he's very clearly mocking him. He has a line about um you'll get function back in all your faculties. Well, not all your fa- – he's yeah. sitting there mocking him yeah. for having his leg gone, which is – exactly what justin long was doing to the mm-hmm. kid yep which i thought was just you know they weren't hiding it it wasn't like it was like this big clever thing but it was it was a subtle little you know it was it was well done in that sense normally this kind of shit bugs me because i get really into the main storyline like the one with justin long and, and howard house when he's doing all that shit to him but the cutscenes of uh the girlfriend and and you get their sort of history i thought mm. that they played well and part of that was the transitions they were mm-hmm. transitioning them really creatively from you know he's getting that below job and then you see him search back in his chair and yeah. he's drooling like the the transitions really made those cutscenes weave in and out much more smoothly than i thought kevin smith was even capable of to be honest even though i'm a huge fan although i yeah the bit where you where they're starting to to lurch towards the fact that she's having an affair with his podcast partner Was good, except for the scene where she sits back down on the bed and the door is covering. I thought that was a really contrived way to do it. It was cool because she was, you know, the scene where she's looking and, you know, she's talking Uh to someone. That was a good way to do it. There was the other one. But then it was like the door was like in the super awkward position where it was covering who was sitting on the other side of the bed. I was like, you could have, if you wanted to keep hiding it longer, do something else. Like doors don't sit in that position, really. People don't have their door like in an obtuse angle. It's either shut or all the way open. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of nitpicky, I guess. There was a line in there that said, you bring shame to the Nazi party, which I thought was so good. Um, And then I wrote, in general, all of the, the Nazi jokes. I don't know why. Normally I would get tired of them, but I thought they were all funny, down to, you know nazi lover yeah like there's just so much funny like nazi jokes and normally i'm like yeah that's that's clever that's funny it's cute okay i'm done
2: when they also recognize when it's not (laughs) going to work to their advantage as well you know like when she's on the phone with the police yes
0: that was another one like say that spell it out spell it it out out. out. like they hang up on her yeah Yeah. that's i thought that for some reason just the way that they choose chose to utilize the nazi nazi joke it never it never fell Mm -hmm. normally when you repeat a joke in a similar way it's like after two or three you're like yeah i get it but i thought that was interesting that i still thought all of the the nazi things were funny yeah they do a really good job as well there's a sequence when um he's performing surgery and he's Mm -hmm. talking about how he was abused as a child and stuff and they do this thing uh, one other time where you just see someone talking and you they you know something bad is happening that you just barely can't see and it just sits there and and it then they finally just reveal it really casually. They're, yeah, yeah. they're not like dun dun, look at this. Yep. They just like slowly pull back, and it's like, holy shit! That's I thought those were all handled really well. The walrus reveal the first time you see him as the walrus yeah, the is like pull out. Yeah, is yeah. I mean, oh my gosh! It's so like it's so funny the way they do that yeah. scene because it's like they just pull it out and you see him, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the,
2: and the costume itself is somewhat laughable. That's part of, but them. that's that, but that's part of the elegance of this movie mm-hmm. as well is that kevin smith originally was going to get greg nicotero greg, greg nicotero do it, to and
1: do it uh one of the guys from k and b effects uh not greg nicotero one of his other partners um ended up doing right. the uh effects because greg nicotero was doing walking dead
2: so i would it would be interesting to see what it would have looked like if he had handled it as opposed to this other I, person or if it would have been the same because that's what kevin smith wanted that's was what something he wanted. that was pushing the envelope of Hyper, not hyper realistic, but somewhat realistic and yet laughable because it, well, that's the yeah, When you can see the, faces, yeah, on when the he c- gave him, faces on the skin. No, 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 when the he size. gave him
1: the notes, he said, I want you to make a walrus suit, but I want it to look like Leatherface uh, would wear it. Yeah. So that's yeah. where that came from. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm almost finished here. Yeah, things get really kind of stagnant and boring once pri- pri- after the reveal of Wallace in the walrus costume because then the investigation stuff doesn't really work. That scene is funny with him and, and Michael Parks when he's doing the voice, and they're out on the porch. Um, but it's so slow, and it doesn't help anything at all. So, like, the the whole investigation bit is kind of flat, and then at that point, I don't really care that much anymore, because I've seen him as the walrus, um, which should have been the, like, penultimate thing, and they they played that 40 minutes before it was done. And, like, none of the stuff after that was played as, as horrific as I, it was meant to be. It's supposed to be so absurd and horrific that it's kind of funny, but... The, all the horrific stuff already happened when he was cutting up his body and, and laughing at him, you know, his leg stump. And so there's some charming stuff in there. It's just it's weak compared to the first half. I would have preferred if the transformation had taken longer and we got more, you know, some surgery stuff. We see mm-hmm. some more of that body horror because they, they kind of give you little teases of body horror, kind of some reanimator references It look like yeah, um, with the leg and the bucket. Uh, yep. um, but I would have liked it if that part had been stretched out longer and we see him really go under this transformation and then maybe 10 minutes before it's over, we finally see him as the walrus. Yeah. Cause one, yeah, once you see him as the walrus, all the steam is kind of out of it.
1: There's some good spots though, as the walrus. Yeah, that I mean there are, are, are in that movie. Yeah, um, you know I, I I like when he's dragging him through the swimming pool. Yeah, um, I like oh that. And, and when he's sitting next to him on the side of the yeah, pool, yeah, he's leans just back leaning on back on him. him. Yeah, and just sings him that yeah. uh, songs and yeah. uh, listening to him uh, make the walrus noises. I like that spot right there.
0: Yeah, Harley Quinn Smith and uh, Jen
1: Schwalbach, his wife. Are you, are you talking
0: about? Sorry, the, the two clerks. Yeah, yeah, they fucking suck. Like they cannot act at all. They're not funny. That shit bothered me. Like they're the yoga hosers. Yeah, I know. And that movie is not a movie I like, <laughs> um, but no, I just, I get it. Like you want your family to be in it, but put some people in there with a little more experience who maybe have some comedic timing things. They were just super flat on that note though. I love all of the shade thrown at like America and Americans in general about, you know, don't you love guns and, and the red, white, but never blue. Yep, all that shit yep, was yep. just, I don't know. It made me chuckle, but yeah, the gas station girls really bothered me cause they could not act at all. Yeah. Yeah, the ending really fucks me up, like the very end yeah, like, yeah. when he goes back into his mm, his, his hide and labor, you just whatever, see the yeah. yeah, you see the beach ball yep. floating. Like to me, I get sad when I see the that. The Gerard like, Way song they play at the yeah. end of that
1: movie is fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, so the ending really hits me. I think it's effective, but I think tonally it it, it consistently and it doesn't always work, but it consistently is treading that line between absurd in, like what's supposed to be scary, but it all plays as comedy for me. None of it really plays as scary.
1: Um, just a couple things really quick, and then I'll, I'll let Maddie loose um, on this thing. The uh, real quick uh, thing that I wanted to point out also is Kevin Smith puts a lot of his personal life into his movies. Um, like Jesse already said, um, Harley Quinn played a clerk in that movie. Jen Schwalbach, his wife, uh, played a waitress in yep, that movie. That. Michael Parks... He had always wanted to work with since he saw uh, From Dust Till Dawn. He was like, that was the best part of From Dust Till Dawn was watch, uh, watching Michael Plark's, uh play that sheriff at the beginning of that movie. Um, and since he saw that, he'd always wanted to work with him. The Nazi party thing came from a friend that is from New Jersey who refuses to like fly anywhere. Mm-hmm. So whenever they go to a con, he makes his friends go and then come back to New Jersey and tell them how it went. That's where the Nazi party thing came from. Uh, in the movie, when you they're doing the shot in the bathroom through the door, there's a picture of a, of a dog. That's his dog. That's his dog, his dog Shecky. He's, yeah, I read um, from that on the IMDb. Um, and just the podcast thing. Like, that's all yeah. part of his life. Mm-hmm. There's little things from his personal life that he puts into pretty much, I think, all of his movies. Dog was a good um, example. But very yeah. much into, uh, into Tusk. So uh, all little things that he throws into uh, the movie that – is just personal to him, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that I like. I now too. that uh, yeah, we've gotten through all the all the the dog meat, <clears throat> Maddie, please let loose.
4: I, I honestly don't have a lot to let loose about in this movie. That's why I said you're going to be really disappointed because I mean I didn't like this movie. Big shocker. But I don't. I'm not a fan of horror comedy, and I know this movie was not made for someone <laughs> who has my sense of humor. Because I didn't think this movie was funny at all, but this isn't my sense of humor. Yeah, for sure. I'm not a goofy, funny person in the slightest. If it, I like if there are horror comedies that I do like, and I can't think of one right off the top of my head, they have a really dark sense of humor. Trick like or treat. And I, yeah. You
0: referenced that last week. That's kind of a horror comedy, I
4: think. Yeah, I guess. I didn't really think that movie was funny either, but I just liked it because it's cute. I don't know. I kind of thought this movie was a little boring. I didn't really have a lot of fun watching it. And to be fair, Patrick, before you say it, I was not taking this movie seriously from everything you guys <laughs> said. Um, yeah, I just this isn't one I would rewatch and I didn't really enjoy watching it, but I did watch the entire thing. Yes, thank
1: you for not 45 minuting that movie. Uh, oh, you're welcome. i very I appreciative of that.
4: I didn't hate it to the point that I was going to 45 minute rule it. Like everything that I have 45 minutes, I hate. And I just didn't like this. You know what I mean? It just, it wasn't a movie made for me and that's fine. I can see why other people enjoy it, but I did not. But now I've watched it. I feel like I can like, should just check something off. <laughs>
1: cool. Um, final thoughts, just overall final thoughts. Greg's been quiet.
4: Yo, final thoughts
3: well, while Tusk is an entertaining movie i I personally liked yoga hosers a little bit better. Judge me if you will, but I think it was because I went into that not taking it seriously and when I originally watched tusk and i it took me a little while to kind of enjoy what it was was because I went in and I think I did take it a little more seriously than I probably should have so it again it's an entertaining movie. There are people who will find some entertainment out of it that's about the gist of it. It's not a terrible movie.
1: Cool. Uh, we got some, a couple of things to wrap up here as far as scores go.
2: Yes. We rate our movies uh, according to three different categories, the gore <laughs> score, the fear factor and our overall rating.
4: I didn't think this movie was gory at all. I give it like a one.
2: Cool. Uh, Greg,
3: I, I give it a four. I think the whole, uh, creation of the walrus suit does add a little bit more of a gore factor to it. Not that it's a like wickedly gory movie, but they could turn some people off. So I, I think a four is a, a legitimate
1: rating. Cool, Jesse. I gave it a three on gore. Okay, cool. Uh, Patrick. Yeah, I
2: put it between three and four. I mean, the, the gore on this was seeing a stump, and then when his arms were sewed to his mm-hmm. side. Otherwise, it was basically just yeah, the, the fake, the, the walrus, bucket, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the leg in the ice. Um, yeah, do yeah. you see
0: some so, blood? They they just show the blood. Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah. So
2: there wasn't a ton of gore in this. So probably about a three,
1: three, four. Yeah, oh, and the,
0: when he's stabbing him with his tusks too yeah, yeah. but you don't really yeah.
1: see, you don't see that that's why
2: you just see the blood yeah. on the tusk itself yeah. So. cool
1: uh, yeah four i think four is fair to live in that area so, cool. okay
2: then we'll use the same order as we discussed the fear factor. uh
3: zero okay
1: greg uh,
3: i think uh a two is safe for the
2: fear factor
1: okay jesse one okay i agree with jesse one all right we're living kind of in the same same area fair and then finally our overall score and
2: would you recommend it to a friend
4: um, I'll give it a three. I might recommend it to someone who I know likes this sort of stuff, but I wouldn't recommend it to someone who is looking for a horror movie.
3: Okay, cool, Greg. I think uh, a five is a, a good uh, middle of the road rating for this movie. Uh, Jesse, I
0: go eight and a half, nine. Get cool. I really love this movie, so and I I have recommended it to probably a dozen people.
2: Uh, Patrick, I am in that five range. Cool. But I would recommend this. I would say if you want to watch something that's kind of mindless and can be entertaining and don't take it seriously, watch this one.
1: Yeah, uh, I was gonna go eight. Um, I've recommended this movie to everybody that will listen to me. I think the movie's quotable too. I think it's got a, a lot of uh, a ton of fun uh, lines of dialogue. So I have been known to put the movie on and then write and quote shit back. Uh, guilty. So yeah, I think it's a ton of fun, and I would give it an eight as well. Uh let's cool let's do let's wrap out with uh some plugs and then we'll end this shindig. Uh who's got plugs?
3: So I am Greg the movie guy and I'm positively writing movie reviews over at gregmovieguy.com.
0: Uh Jesse you got a plug? I kind of have a plug. Cool. Um so I worked on a film called The Hero that I wrote and directed starring Patrick who did great and my editor previously has been someone named Jeremy Blomsen, he's a local talent. He's unable to continue editing, due to some health issues, issues, Um, but I wanted to take my plug and just recognize him. He's always been really great. I had a blast doing some of the editing with him. Um, He's just always been a very gracious collaborator. And he's a
2: super nice guy, too.
0: He's probably one of, if not the most positive person I know. He spends all of his time encouraging his peers. Um, He always wants to jump in and do things. He never asks for credit, really. He never, you know, he's just, I love him to death. Yeah, I hope he's doing well, and I really appreciated his help on the hero. Cool. Uh, Maddie?
4: Um, I got a quick one. If you are someone who participates in Omaha Gives, if you could please sign up to have Nebraska Wildlife Rehab for your charity, that would be fantastic. We rescue, on average, about 7,000 animals a year, and we return them to the wild, and it's really great.
1: Cool, yeah. Um. If you're a filmmaker, go to FilmFreeway.com. Uh, check out the Prairie Lights Film Festival. Uh, they're still taking submissions. Uh, so throw your film into the hat and then come out and see it in October. Um, it's a shit ton of fun. Uh, Patrick.
2: Uh, first, before I get into the Midnight Frycast stuff, I'm kind of bouncing off of uh, Maddie's there. And if you're a person who donates to Lincoln Gives, please consider the Haymarket Theater. They are moving, they uh, found a new place, South Lincoln. Uh, and there's going to be some costs associated with moving over to that new place and building up the uh, facility itself. So that's a haymarket theater for Lincoln Gibbs. And then finally, if you're a fan of the Frightcast and we know you are, help us out and make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us and make sure that you rate and review us. You can also help us out with some of the minor bills by heading over to Patreon.com/MidnightFrightcast. Check us out online. You can find us on Twitter, MFrightCast, and then follow and join in the conversation on our Facebook group, Midnight FrightCast. So share, share, share some more with your friends, your family, and then finally make sure to check out our films at MidnightFrightFilms.com.
1: Yeah, cool. So uh, uh, for myself and uh, Patrick and Jesse and Maddie and Greg, it was a full cast tonight. Uh, That was uh, the Midnight FrightCast, episode number 56, and we'll see you next time.
2: Peace out, boys down later.
4: Bye, kids.